Metu Netter, Volume 2, Anak Ausar, The Comedic Initiation System, beginning on page 12 in Chapter 1, The Ausurian Religion. Here starts the section at the bottom of page 12, The Ausurian Religion. The fundamental principle governing the Ausurian religion is the reality, mere concept to the uninitiated that man is made in the likeness of God. By this is meant that God's traits reside in man and his or her essential qualities. It is important to focus completely on this statement, for it is the key to comprehending the entire comedic mythological literature, Ausurian religion, psychology, sociology, and social structures of traditional African civilizations. God's attributes. Since God's attributes make up man's essence, we must first understand God to understand man. The key to understanding God resides in its creation of the world. The entire manifestation of reality can be reduced to two root complementary categories, consciousness will and substance energy. The creation of the world must therefore be understood as the action of a consciousness that wills substance, matter, and energy to assume the various forms in and as the world. It is important to understand that the things making up the world are modifications of an unstructured substance, which by its essential lack of structure can assume any form. This is the source of the stupendous infinite number and types of forms making up the world. It is the basis of God's attribute of omnipotence. One of the most important observations in the comedic spiritual tradition is that there is only one consciousness dwelling in all living things, i.e. there is not a separate consciousness for each living thing in the world. What is conscious as you, as I, as the I which you are, is the frame, formless reality. What is conscious as you, as the I which you are, is the formless reality according to the comedic tradition. God transforms itself into the creatures of the world. They thus share in this substance and consciousness. In a version of the book of the knowing, the transformation of Ra and of overthrowing a pep, the supreme being here identified with says, identified with Ausar says, I brought into my mouth my own name, that is to say a word of power. And I even, I came into the being in the form of things which came into being. I came into being from the prim. primal matter coming into being in the multitude of forms from the beginning, not existed, created things, any in land this. I made whatsoever was made everything. I was alone, not existed any other who worked with me. 
Lacking in form, consciousness cannot therefore be derived or multiplied. Thus, all living things must share in one consciousness. At the highest level of initiation as outlined in this book, the initiate attains to the state of consciousness in which it is clear that he or she is neither the body, the emotional vehicle, nor the mind, but a center of consciousness that perceives these and wills changes in them. It perceives yet cannot be perceived itself. Therefore, the consciousness in you as you, in me as I, in the dog, petunia, fly, is one and the same manifestation. We can liken this phenomena to a multitude of, multitude of icebergs, though different in shape and separated from each other, are made of the same one body of water with which they maintain their contact. It is the basis of God's omnipresence. This consciousness, which is Western thought, has been incorrectly classified as an aspect of the mind. In fact, the conceiver of the things making up the world, of course, Westerners have problems understanding this due to their conviction that things, consciousness, intelligence, and mind came into being due to some random or chance combination of forces and elements. Of course, they conveniently ignore the key question regarding the origin of these forces and elements. They also ignore the refutation that follows from their claim that the random or chance mechanism that supposedly gave birth to the things in this world did not operate in the original forces and matter that took part in the supposed random combination and obviously ceased to exist the very moment things came into being. In other words, the matter and forces that supposedly came together by chance and the very first elements that came into being exhibited such perfection of order that only a perfect intelligence was at work in their creation and operation. We must conclude, therefore, that the knowledge that guided the formation process of the world is prior to the formation of things. In other words, knowledge subsists eternally and is prior to all external formations. It is the basis of God's omniscience, knowledge of all. These three characteristics, omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence are the attributes of God which account for its ability to create the world. How else can we account for the perfect order in the infinite number, types, and complexity of the things in as the world? It is important to note that the idea of the absence of limitation underlies the attributes of God, which is in diametric contrast to the limitations imposed on all things in the world. An examination of most people in the world would show as their chief attributes the direct opposite of God. In place of the unlimited presence of God, omnipresence, we find most people's presence limited to the identification with their persons, a sense of separation from other people, animals, plants, etc. In place of God's omnipotence, 
we find that people's power or ability to accomplish seems to be limited to a few talents. The same must be said of the most people's ability to know, which seems to be the diametric opposite of God's omniscience. And while the Western religion and behavioral sciences take these limitations to represent the essence of man's being and theorize and prescribe accordingly, the African behavioral sciences, especially of Kemet, understand that man's ability to know, to do, and to be is essentially unlimited. What has kept most people from understanding this is that man's unlimited potential is subject to manifest itself through time and space, while God's potential is not. Incidentally, this is the great secret hidden in the mystery of time and space, which conceal man's unlimited abilities. What God can do in an instant, so can man, if given enough time and the right conditions. Space. An example of this principle is afforded by man's growth pattern and its three distinct phases, physical, mental, and spiritual. What the Western world interprets as the spirituality, even mentally mature adult, has completed no more than one-third of his or her spiritual growth schedule. In the same manner that the physical differences between a child and adult are clear to the Westerner, and to some degree, the mental differences, so are the differences between the infant and adult stages of spirituality to the comedic philosopher. The adult stage of spirituality is characterized by the same sense of limitlessness, though modified as the supreme being. The limited presence or egoism of the infant stage is replaced by the feeling of oneness with all creation, omnipresence. The ignorance or Nescence, which drives the person to seek information from outside, is replaced by an intuitive process that informs without thinking, wisdom, omniscience, and the importance that it is the root of all human cheating, prejudice, and unequal distribution of the earth's wealth is replaced by the powers that enable the accomplishment of objectives through the action of the will upon the spirit. It is very important to note that the three negative attributes of the infant stage of spirituality fully explains all that is wrong with man, while the three divine attributes of the adult or perfected stage shows the qualities that must be cultivated to solve mankind's problems. These three divine attributes are the substance of the claim that man is made in the likeness of God. This is the realization that is hit upon in the Old Testament, Genesis one twenty six, quote, And God said, Let us make man in our own likeness, end quote. It is readily clear that the likeness of God in which man is made cannot refer to man's physical or human psychological makeup. It can refer to one and only one set of qualities 
embodying the three attributes of God as noted above. Man has made man has been made with the same unlimited potential to know, achieve and to be. In other words, man shares with God the same qualities of power though not the same quality of quality or capacity at any given time. A classical, though not exact, analogy is that of a drop of water having the same life-giving properties as an ocean, but not to the capacity to hold the numberless things that can be fitted in the latter. We must realize that the master principle governing our lives and should therefore govern the framing of religion, sociology, psychology, government, education, family, institutions, etc., is the notion of who is man, what kind of being is his or her, behavioral professionals at the front of the efforts to teach people how to be successful in life are unanimous in their agreement on the need and importance of identifying ourselves with thoughts that stress an unlimited potential within us. They constantly warn against accepting thoughts that limit our abilities to achieve goals that are humanly possible. If you say you can't, you will be unable to achieve and prove yourself right only because you believe so. And if you say you can, you will achieve and will be equally right. Stephen A. DeVore, chairman of the board of Subservient Systems, Inc., one of the leading success-building institutions, states in Neuropsychology of Self-Discipline, quote, once you develop the power of self-discipline, nothing, literally nothing within the realm of human possibility will be impossible for you to achieve. Armed with this power, you will possess an almost godlike ability, the power to organize thought into matter and matter into form, end quote. The same message will be found, although different means are stretched. And other gurus of mental science, Norman Vincent Peale, Les Brown, Anthony Robbins, etc. If we consider the ocean to be God's domain and a drop of water to represent the realm of human possibilities, then we can see that man has been given the same kinds of divine powers that God possesses. What the modern gurus of success are saying is that while all people are born with the potential to achieve all that is possible to all men, individuals are in the habit of accepting negative thoughts that limit them to a minor percentage of this potential. While the modern gurus try to solve this problem by stressing the various elements of man's behavior, thinking, imagination, discipline, self-image, and so on. The ancient African model is centered on the quote, equation of man's essential nature with God. A very potent argument can be made that equating God with man as a dynamic aid to success can be based on the principle that who or what you think you are will determine how you think. How you use your imagination, creativity, your level of self-discipline, your actions, etc. 
If a person defines himself as a soldier, he will not tend to seek political solutions to problems or to negotiate. If you define your ability to succeed as being dependent on the environment, how would you perform in life as long as your environment is hostile to your success? If others succeed in manipulating your environment against you, yet the comedic religion does not equate man with God for these reasons, although such a belief will play a potent role in success, it bases it on the fact that God is actually incorporated itself and its attributes into man's spirit, in fact, constituting man's self in his or her faculty, true faculties. The problem with Western behavioral institutions is that they all define man according to the lower part of his being. They all fail to realize the folly in prescribing positive thinking and the beliefs to a man who views himself as being essentially limited, sensual, and emotional. In the same manner that children have the potential of adult behavior and expression within, waiting to be nurtured into manifestation, so do adults have the divine potential slumbering within. We don't give the child formulas to think like an adult. We grow her into adulthood. This is the comedic approach. Unlike the Western systems that guide individuals into six, individuals to succeed in specific areas of life, career or marriage or selling, etc., while failing to in most cases in all other areas, the Alsurian religion guides the individual to realize his or her divinity to become Ausar, which will automatically make for success in all areas of life without specifically focusing on them. There is a table on page 19. It uh, starts with the manifestation of God and man. Two columns, three rows. God's essential attributes manifesting in man's daily life as... Omnipresence is God one of God's essential attributes. In the early stages of man's growth, it manifests itself in the sense of humanity and oneness between men and between man and his environment. The urge to seek and establish peace and cooperation. In the latter part of man's growth, it manifests itself its it manifests in us as the ability to experience all other men and things in the world as a part of our being. As we know, experience the separate parts of our bodies as belonging to the body. Omniscience. In the early stages of man's growth, it manifests as the capacity to solve over time all problems in life. All discoveries and knowledge in the world were in, were intuited by someone. In the latter part of life, it manifests as the ability to go into trance and discover the solution to any problem on demand. Omnipotence. The manifestation of psychic powers which have made themselves known through a number of individuals throughout history. While in the West, these appear at random, they are deliberately and methodically cultivated, i.e. scientifically by African and Oriental people.
There's another diagram on page 20. Faculties of God incorporated into the higher part of man's spirit, making up his, her true nature, the true basis of religion in behavioral sciences and institutions. There's a triangle to the left, omnipotence, top of the triangle, omnipresence, to the right of the triangle, omniscience. Man's lower faculties. The lower faculties of man which operate in the early part of his spiritual development, these have been falsely used in the basis of his identity upon which religions and behavioral sciences have been built. This is a upside down, equilateral triangle. To the left, limited knowledge. The top of the triangle, limited presence. To the right, the triangle, limited ability to achieve. Note that the three attributes of God, which are the three higher faculties of man, are directly inverted in the lower part of man's being. Ergo, omnipresence is inverted in limited presence. Omniscience is inverted in the lower intellect. And omnipotence is inverted in the seventh sphere, creative visualization. The Alsurian religion then is a set of teachings, observances, and practices to guide people to achieve a totally successful life through realizing God within. We will come to see that success is conceived here means salvation in this life and the other. This is the cause of the practice of ancient Egyptians who realized their divinity having themselves identified with Alsar in their funerary monuments and obituaries, inscribed on the inner lid of the vault of the sarcophagus coffin of the queen mother Nefertiti Mernemut, is the following excerpt from a personalized version of the Kemetic Holy Scripture, the Pert M. Eru, also called Egyptian Book of the Dead. Quote, words to be said by Ausar Nefertari Mernemut, O my mother nut descend, Spread yourself over me so as to place me among the everlasting stars that are in you, so that I may not perish. I, the Ausar, the royal wife, Nefertari, even powerful. Words to be said by the Nut, the great. I spread myself over this, my daughter, the Ausar, the great royal wife, the lady of the two lands, Nefertari, purified in this, my name, Nut, end quote. Note that the queen has been identified with Ausar. Similarly, we find in most celebrated copy of the Pert M. Eru, a copy personalized for the accountant and I, the following, quote, words to be said by Ausar scribed and I, said he, my heart, my mother, my heart of my coming into being, may there not be resistance to me in judgment. End quote. Further evidence is offered in the following excerpt from Pharaoh Pepe's eyes copy of Pert M. Eru. Quote, Hail, though Pepe, 
thou travels, thou shines, thou art strong like the God and have your seat like Ausar. The followers of the God are behind you. The form of the God are on both sides of you. They shout, the gods come and God, the God comes. Pepi comes on the throne of Ausar, end quote. From these examples, a few of thousands, it is clear that it was a common practice in ancient Egypt for people of all walks of life and sex to seek realization of themselves as Ausar. The identification of man with God is also evident in other parts of Africa. Among the Bantu, the categorical name for both God and man is Mantu. All other things and energies are Bintu. Kintu is singular. God and man are grouped together because they both share in unabwenged, which is the power to create and affect the course of things through the agency of will acting upon the spirit. It is said that the naughty child tried to put his teacher on the spot by asking the following, if man giving that he is Mantu ordered the sun to depart from its course, will it obey? To which the teacher promptly replied, quote, of course, the sun will obey man only that the greater Mantu gave its course and told it never to depart from it, end quote. It is the same principle to work as when a person's desire to preserve his family is overpowered by the desire to drink. And here ends the reading at the bottom of page 22, chapter 1, the Ausurian religion.